Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Uh, when it comes to like exotic pets, how do you feel about a chicken? Helping you unwind after a long day of work. Why like, is there a chicken? I saw at a local <laughs> place where like you can adopt pets. It's like, you know, you're looking to see like what they got dog wise and like there's a chicken. This is a dog, not a chicken. Chickens don't look like dogs. Can a chicken be a pet? <laughs> no. It feels like it'd be pretty easy to take care of. The nightcap. Who the hell would want a chicken for a pet? On WGR. This is day one and I'm already <laughs> thinking about acquiring a chicken. Sports Radio 550. That was almost a year ago. What, what was, what did you tell me? The CDC was one year ago? No, the WHO. Yep. The World Health Organization, one year ago tomorrow, officially declared COVID-19 a pandemic. That week, I went back actually and listened to the beginnings of Chopin the Bulldog shows throughout that week just to kind of get the sense, because they normally would lead off with the environment in the world itself and just the change in tone day to day. It was stark. How I almost did, I remembered it being fast, but it was like that fast. It was like, all right, Thursday show, Mike canceled a trip to Philadelphia, and Bulldog immediately was like, really? Why? Like, it wasn't even registering with us yet that this would even be a thing. And then Friday, it was like, oh, well, can you believe what's going on in Italy? And oh, they don't have fans now, maybe at, at games, they're going to go without fans. That's crazy. And then Monday showed up. And it was, all right, are, is this is this going to be over? Like, sports? Are we going to be able to play at all? And then it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, and it, boom, there it was. It was all over. The NCAA was maybe the first ones to cancel March Madness. That, by the way, we are, when is Selection Sunday? Is it this Sunday, right? Yep. I am not a college basketball fan. I cannot wait for March Madness. This is a great sports week. It's an underrated sports week. And sports month. You got the Players Championship now in the PGA Tour. You've still got hockey. You've got football off season. You've got the NBA. And you've got March Madness coming. And we haven't had that for two years. Because we didn't have it last year. We got a taste of everything else. We didn't get college basketball. In my opinion, the first couple days of March Madness are the best sports days of the year. And it's not close. I am so amped for the first couple days of March Madness. It's just game after game, checking my bracket. It's just fantastic, and I'm excited that we're going to be able to. I remember talking about it with you last year, how disappointed we were that we wouldn't be having March Madness, and that 
the NHL season was canceled. We're not huge NBA guys, but the the point remains. And we were talking about like our favorite things being canceled. It, it to me, it's kind of surreal. I don't know if you have this feeling, but for me, this whole year has felt like it's crawled in the moment, but like on reflection, mm-hmm. it feels like it's flown by. I think so it too. It seems like yeah. yesterday when all of that happened. Yeah, it, it it's it depends how you look at it because I think you're right. When you think back, it's like oh, that was not that long ago. But then I think when you start to focus in on individual events, like something like I I went out with some friends. We did not. This is where we were too. This was last year, this weekend, like this past weekend maybe. We knew COVID was a thing. We knew enough to not go out. But we didn't know enough at that point to not be in a group together. Right. So we didn't go out, but that just thinking back to like that day, last year St. Patrick's Day, that feels like a lifetime ago for me. But like when you say that, like this this was only a year ago, and like all of this other stuff happening more more worldwide, then it's like oh, okay, it was that wasn't that long ago. So and, and it wasn't crazy. just the pandemic. There mm-hmm. were so many things that happened this year this year wow yeah um all right so joe dibiase brendan keeney here on the nightcap we're taking your calls at 803-0550 we're going to get into the buffalo bills at wide receiver we've got a little thing going on with bruce boudreau maybe that we'll tackle probably way later in the show we're going to focus mostly on the bills at wide receiver i just got to say though real quick before we get into that first time in my life that i can say i'm excited to watch the minnesota wild play hockey they're on nbcsn right now have you ever been able to say that no. Okay. I am going to say it now because I think Kirill Kaprizov is the real deal. He is box office. He is so exciting to watch. Um, he Did he score already? They're eight seconds into the game. Who scored? Vegas? No, Minnesota. Minnesota. Was it Kaprizov? No, it wasn't Kaprizov. That would have been incredible. While I'm saying it, they are 19 seconds into the game and he scored. He did not. Um, but still. Aside I'm... from Gabrick, the Minnesota Wild have always had like oh, these the solid but not superstar players oh, that yeah. are more defensive, like Miku Koivu. Yes, and they're always, they're always good enough to be on yeah, TV. for sure. And right, like the, the, I don't like anything. I've never liked anything about their franchise. The style of hockey they play, ex- well... Except when Bruce Boudreau was their head coach. We will talk about that later. But right, like their star players are like, yeah, they're good. They're like fringe all stars. Great. Ryan Suter, exciting. Not really. Uh, the jerseys, I think, are stupid. I think the logo is ridiculous. Apparently. You don't like the logo? I hate the logo. Really? I didn't even know what it was until I was 15. I think the name is stupid. I think the logo the is pretty well done. The name might be the worst in sports. By the way, their own fans don't like the name. Is it worse than the Kraken or better? In your, are, are oh, you a worse. Kraken? I like the Kraken. You, I do too. I, I can't. I always forget who is like pro Kraken and I'm, against I'm Kraken. Kraken. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, so that's happening. If you want to watch the Wild, maybe turn down the sound on Wild Golden Knights. You can listen to us talk about what the Bills are going to do now that John Brown is out of the picture officially. We all probably knew that that was coming, or at least there was a strong possibility of it and now there are several options to look at do they go status quo do they continue ahead with the wide receiver group of Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis on the outside and you put fit Cole Beasley of course into the slot and you just kind of plug in after that maybe Isaiah Hodgins and Isaiah McKenzie are your depth wide receivers Jake Kumaro you know maybe you go out and you add a depth 
free agent. Maybe they bring Kenny Stills back, who was on the roster at the end of the year but never got into a game. But something that isn't significant enough to even threaten Gabriel Davis as a starting wide receiver on this team. And this is coming from someone that really liked Gabriel Davis's game last year. He was maybe their most efficient deep threat wide receiver, which was not a skill set that I thought that he was going to come right into the league and be good at. I thought he was going to be a raw, physical type of wide receiver because that's kind of what we heard about him at Central Florida. I mean, but, there's a reason he was drafted in the fourth round. Right. And, and part of that, too, was he was only asked to run two routes in college, and he ran a full route tree last year for the Bills. Great awareness on the sidelines. I mean, he's kind of known for that. Right now is dragging his feet in that Colts game. Solid hands. Like, I felt like every tough catch he was making doesn't, doesn't have the, the Zay Jones yips or anything like that. Um, so I like Gabriel Davis, but I still am very much intrigued with both the idea of adding a free agent or adding someone in the first round. My boy Rondell Moore, still my favorite idea for that. But there are others. Kadarius Toney from Florida. Rashad Bateman. These are some guys that might be around at the late first round. I'm sure there are others. Yeah. Bateman, um, as of right now, Bateman would probably be gone. But I do okay. like the Rondell Moore and Kadarius Tony ideas. Would Tony start over Gabriel Davis anyway? Maybe a late first wouldn't even start over Davis. I don't think so. And you know how Bean and McDermott are with rookies. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, I thought Gabriel Davis was actually introduced, and, and it might be a lot because he had such a good uh, camp. Yes. He had such a good camp. He was always the standout, He, you know, that was everyone was talking about. All the beat reporters who follow the Bills were talking about how good Gabriel Davis looked for being a rookie. And he came in and pretty much produced right away. So I don't think that a rookie wide receiver would come in and start over him. But I do like the idea, like you're saying, of adding another guy drafting a guy because I don't think they're set at the position. And here's another thing. We have talked a lot this offseason so far about how the Bills should look to add speed in their offense, both wide receiver and running back. Mm -hmm. And you just got rid of the fastest guy in your offense and John Brown. So if you really want that speed element, you will have to bring in field stretchers. And I think that's going to happen. I do too. Where does it come is a good question. And how much do we want to invest in that? Maybe it's also not a first-round pick. I think I agree with you. Davis starts the season as a starting wide receiver for this team, playing majority of snaps, even if they drafted Rondell Moore, Kadarius Toney. But that's a player that could absolutely take over that spot over the course of the season. I mean, we saw it even last year at running back. Zach Moss started out as the number two behind Devin Singletary, and it was a pretty even split, but he outsnapped Singletary in seven of their final nine games. So you saw the rookie start to trend forward. Singletary, by the way, did that the year before. Davis did that last year. So to me, Davis could start the year and maybe not end the year as their number two wide receiver, or their outside wide receiver. I don't like, by the way, calling him their number two because – Really, Cole, Cole sh- Beasley is right. there too. It should go. It should <laughs> yeah. go in order of targets. Yeah, I don't really care where they line up on the field. Like Julian Edelman's been the the Patriots' number one wide receiver. I don't care that he plays in the slot. He's not their number three. Michael Thomas plays in the slot. Yeah, right. Exactly. But yeah, because you don't think of him as a slot wide right. receiver because he puts up these insane stats. Sure. You never think of them that way. So I don't like even calling Davis their number two. I really think he's their number three. Um, the free agent idea. That, in turn, is a guy that comes in and immediately is playing over 
Gabriel Davis. I don't quite think they need that, but I do like it. And I think it's it's fun to do with your offense. And I think it is a commitment that you are coming out and you are throwing the ball as much as you did last season and you are committing to that style of football even though that will probably be your only big move in free agency. And it's not a need. Pass rush is a need. Tight end is a need. That's kind of the same thing. It's a pass catcher. But they go add who? Curtis Samuel is the most popular name probably for the Bills for this. If they go add Will Fuller or Oof, even that's a lot of money for or Will even Fuller. Corey Davis or Marvin Jones, like it doesn't have to be one of the top guys, but one of those top one of those free agent wide receivers that you would expect to come in and start. Like, where are we on that as an idea, you specifically? I could see it happening, but it also brings into question what was wrong with John Brown. Because money. Well, it, okay, well, well, but you're be, yes. you're going to be giving someone more to take John Brown's spot, and I know John Brown was injured and had some nagging issues in last year, but the year prior he was very reliable, and he was pretty cheap for the mm-hmm. element he brought to the offense, like eight million dollars. Well, so if you are signing a guy like Corey Davis, who does not to this point, have the career and the production that John Brown's had. I guess I'm just not really sure what that move would be. Now, if you're going after a guy like Samuel, who adds multiple elements to your offense, he can kind of be a gadget player, but also a weapon as a receiver. Including as a deep threat. Yeah, Yeah. correct. And that makes more sense. But I don't see like a Corey Davis. If Another option that... You probably won't like, but what if you take a flyer on a guy like John Ross? I know he's not great, but if you need a field stretcher, you know, this it, Bean and McDermott kind of like bringing in veterans. Yeah. And as reclamation projects, hopefully they strike gold. What about an idea like he, that? He, to me, is kind of what I mentioned earlier, like something that isn't significant enough to push Davis out. That might be the most likely outcome that they bring in a guy like a John Ross reclamation project. I think it's super cheap. Or even a veteran, maybe an older player like, you know, I'm trying to think of a name. See, like that was it was hard for me because I was someone looking that, like Ty Hilton is going to cost about ten million dollars, maybe a little bit more, according to Spot Track. That's where they kind of sure. had him valued at. Like to me, I'd much rather just have John Brown at eight. And it's not like Brandon Bean didn't realize what the market was going to be for these guys. Mm-hmm. So. To me, it almost shows that they wouldn't go after a guy like T.Y. Hilton. And it would be, if they are going to make any free agent move, it would be really cheap or they would go for it with a guy like Samuel or Will Fuller. I kind of like, by the way, the John Ross idea. Two years ago, people forget, like before he got injured, he was on his way to having a decent season, like a good season. Eight games he played that year, he had 28 receptions for 506 yards and three touchdowns. He was on a 1,000-yard pace, and he was beating guys deep. I know the Bills didn't play in the regular season, but I remember him torching Vontae Davis in the preseason. Davis quit like a week <laughs> later, so maybe he wasn't the best version hey, of himself. it was two weeks. Um, Give him some credit. <laughs> right, two weeks. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like uh, I, the Samuel idea is definitely my favorite among the free agency ones, though, because everything to me about that idea is perfect. He is the perfect age at 24. He's the perfect style of player. He gets... Talked about as a gadget wide receiver, but 
He runs a full route tree, and he is very good down the field. When I say gadget, I mean he did line up a decent no, right. amount out of the backfield. Right, you can use him that way, right. and you can use him that way a lot, but he's also not... Corderell Patterson. Where really he's not Isaiah McKenzie. Yes, right. He's almost gadget is insult, maybe an yeah. assaulting word. But he, he's almost like you combine Corderell Patterson or combine Isaiah McKenzie and John Brown. I think he's what you kind of want Rondale Moore to be. He is, and that that's why that what's a bigger investment though? Nine million to Curtis Samuel or your late first round pick on Rondale Moore? No, I agree with you. I think Curtis Samuel is this sweet spot in the, this conversation about the wide receiver. So is that what you would do if you're Brandon Bean? I put you in that chair today, and you are in control of what they do at wide receiver. Are you offering Curtis Samuel around $10 million a year or whatever it would take to get him? I would. Yeah, I'd go that's 10 to 12 for him. I, I think I would. Are we sure that's, our, are we sure that's the only free agent move? Uh, they could do. Uh, they could go for instead of a reclamation project like a John Ross. They could go the other way, bring in an older wide receiver, see if he's got anything left in the tank. No, I'm. Ty sa- Hilton. I'm saying more like, do you think they're done? Because I don't. Oh. I, I I don't think they're done clearing space. I, I My don't... guess is that it'll be closer to thirty million that they'll have in cap space when all is said and done. I think Mario Addison's the most interesting name for that. I wonder if. They wait until they know they have someone else lined up before they decide to move on him. Because if they if they wanted Carl Lawson or they want Von Miller to make it to the open market and they want to chase him, if they want to do something like that, Bud Dupree, then they might want to know they're getting that guy before they let go of Mario Addison because maybe they don't want to be sitting there, they don't get any of those players, and Addison is not there. Because I don't like Addison. Honestly, as a player, I don't think I don't think his I don't think he fits well to what this team is trying to do or what they need in terms of a pass rush. And given his age and the money he would save on the cap, I think you could do better with not too many more millions of dollars on top of Mario Addison. But at the end of the day, there goes Kirill Kaprizov. There goes my reason to watch the Minnesota Wild. Um, I think if you move on from him, you could do worse at the same time. Is the point I'm trying to make. Do you know what I mean? I think they might not be done, but maybe it's dependent on what they think they could get pass rusher-wise as to whether they cut Mario Addison. I don't know who else at this point would be a candidate. It doesn't. I don't think they're cutting Jerry Hughes. Sure. And that's like the only other player they would save a big cap dollar for. I'm, I'm intrigued because they're, I, I just don't think it's done yet in terms of cutting dollars. I don't think it's done, so I'm not positive that if you signed a guy for 10 to $12 million, that that would be your big guy. You might be able to get two of those guys. Obviously, different positions, but if you got a Curtis Samuel and uh, an edge rusher, I think mm-hmm. that's a that's doable this off season. But My- I really like the idea of Samuel. Will Fuller is too much, not enough bang for the buck. Yeah, and I also think it would be kind of weird to bring in a guy less accomplished than Stefan Diggs to make more money than Stefan Diggs. Right. <laughs> That's true. Maybe the Bills wouldn't want to cross Stefan Diggs just out of or go above him just out of principle. Because And I'm okay he might with wanna, that. That might, doesn't bother me at all. He might want to pay raise in the first place. If you make him the second sure. uh most paid receiver on the team, then he's definitely going to want to pay raise. So, I agree. I wouldn't go near Will Fuller. He's I love the player. 
But there's too many red flags there, given the money you would have to, to, to pay him. Samuel would cost less probably, and I like I might like him better as an overall player. And he does not the injury concern that I have in Fuller. Um, my dream scenario at this point, though, would still be they pay money to get Carl Lawson or a top free agent pass rusher, and they draft a wide receiver at the end of the first round. That's my dream scenario today. And that might mean Gabriel Davis, again, is not their starting wide receiver at the back half of the season. What do you do about linebacker? I actually is it crazy? Maybe I'm getting maybe I'm get too gullible, but Cover One was doing some film analysis on Tyrell Dodson the other day. Yeah. And again, maybe I'm gullible, but am I crazy if I think Tyrell Dodson can just slide in and be their replacement for Matt Milano? I don't think it's crazy. Do you think that's plan A? That's that's the question. I think they would probably want to add someone with him. Now, that doesn't mean they have to invest all that much. It could be a third-round rookie. That could be a, a, a mid-level free agent for like under $5 bucks a year. Th- this year's version of A.J. Klein, just maybe in a different, you know, different type of player, but maybe that caliber of player, A.J. Klein. I think maybe Dodson plus a, a small acquisition like that. Remember Keith Rivers? Yeah. Like, who, who, who replaced Keith Rivers? Keith Rivers was kind of the same thing. He was like a stopgap. For someone. It wasn't Milano. This is pre... I think... Are we really trying to remember right now when Keith Rivers was a Buffalo Bill? I'm sorry, I just dragged the show into this. Um, But now I need to know. Brandon Spikes? 2014 Bills. Oh, this would have been for Preston Brown? Maybe? I thought he was on the team before that. I, I... all these years, especially... It was either for him or Nigel Brown. The Whaley-Ryan years blend together. I, I think it was Preston Brown. That was Brown's rookie season. Okay. And he was a third-rounder. Yeah. So it, And they had Nigel Nigel Bradham, too, and he would have been here already. So kind of that same thing. They brought in Keith Rivers to pair with a young guy that they didn't quite know what to expect. And it's like, oh, Brown's pretty good. We're and then Brown won the in. job. Right. So maybe you bring in this year's version of Keith Rivers. What about drafting a linebacker? At 30. Let's let's talk about that when we come back. I'm not too familiar with the list at linebacker, so maybe I'll do some digging on Draft Network and see what might be available for the Bills, and we'll get into what they should do uh, with the 30th pick, uh, potentially at linebacker or on defense. My reason for watching the Minnesota Wild is already over, so that lasted all about 12 minutes uh, that I was excited to watch Minnesota. Kirill Kaprizov, the rookie phenom from Russia, uh, left the ice with a towel on his head. Didn't look good. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t <sighs> 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That just went up in smoke. So now all you have to do is to listen to the nightcap. So turn that TV off. Just <laughs> focus in. Give us a call at 803-0550. We'll get into the linebacker position and more on the wide receiver position as well on the nightcap. Bruce Boudreau, too. We'll bring him up at some point here on the nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney here on WGR. Teams would be, you know, well inclined to look at the contract that Jared Goff and Carson Wentz signed after three years. And you think like, well, do you have to hurry it up and sign it after three? Couldn't you wait until after four just just in case? And that I think that's always in the back pocket of the team in a negotiation like this if it, if it doesn't go well. The pressure really isn't there for either team, the Bills or the Ravens. So it's a little more incumbent on the player and his agent to get that deal done this year, to push for it this year, and, and maybe take a little bit of compromise because ultimately you're signing it a couple of years before you would even hit free agency. Greg Rosenthal from the Around the NFL podcast on with Chopin the Bulldog earlier today. The Ravens were in the news yesterday because they are trying to get a deal done with Lamar Jackson. And Jackson does not have an agent. So it's just him and the GM sitting down. That's it. It's bold. Doesn't Richard Sherman do that? Richard Sherman does do that. Uh, You are saving, obviously, by not having to pay your agent a percentage of the deal, but... I, I would want to think I could negotiate my own contract. How hard is it? I would trust a professional. <laughs> I mean, I think I could argue for myself in court, but they always say anyone who represents themselves has a fool for a lawyer, and I think the same thing could be said. No, I'm not denying any of these guys that they couldn't do it. I'm just saying for my 
personal, what I would do <laughs> is absolutely be represented by someone who's been there and done that. Okay. I think it's probably the smart, smartest thing to do if you're one of these guys. But there's a couple out there that are not doing it. Russell Okun. Okung, how do you? Okung. Uh, he he um just Did, wants to be paid in Bitcoin. That, isn't that incredible? <laughs> I love it. Th- that actually it came out like he yeah. got paid a portion of his in salary Bitcoin. in Bitcoin. I would want to be paid in Dogecoin. That would be what I, not really. That's a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> so we left off the last segment talking. By the way, bro, to finish that Jackson thought. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Baltimore is trying to get a deal done now. They typically try to re-sign their guys early. And actually what uh, Rosenthal actually said in that interview too was that you are taking on a risk if you are the player to do it early because you're getting the long-term security, but you wait a year or two and you are losing out on an increased salary cap. Like Dak Prescott is got to be the pinnacle example of that right now. Like, two years ago, if he signs right when the Cowboys first started talking to him about it, he's making $10 million less per year than he is right now. Like, a 20% difference, maybe. If Josh Allen decided, hey, you know what, I'm going to wait two years before I want to sign my next contract, he might get $50 million. Is that crazy? Will, people, will quarterbacks be making $50 million in two years? There's a new TV contract coming. I think it's feasible. Did you see the report that said in about five years the salary cap could be about $250 million? That is crazy. That's a $70 million jump from right now. $250 million is incredible. Uh, but anyways, we left off last segment talking about linebacker and whether the first round would be too much of an investment to replace Matt Milano. I'm looking at the list the Draft Network has put together uh, of their overall rankings for these guys. There are two or three Bill or linebackers that would be in range of the Bills at 30. Zaven Collins from Tulsa, although I also don't know if these are outside linebackers or inside linebackers. Uh, Nick Bolton is 35th out of Missouri. Cameron McGrone out of Michigan is 42nd. Jabril Cox, LSU, 45. Um, you've got a significant reach if you're going anywhere past that. It's not my favorite idea. It would be, it would probably be at least fourth or fifth among things I would like to see them do. I want them to go offense, and if they were to go defense, defense, I think linebacker would be my third choice. I think you should be able to replace Matt Milano without investing too much, whether that be money or picks. And I would rather see them. If they don't get a guy in free agency, draft a pass rusher there. Or I would even, I kind of like the idea of them drafting a second cornerback at three. Now that the quarterback situation is taken care of, my philosophy is when in doubt, go offense. When in doubt, keep building that offense. Love it. Because we know that offense is more sustainable year to year. So keep on adding to that. And... You can add pieces here and there. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if they invested a the thirtieth pick in an edge rusher, or if they think Zaven Collins is going to come in and be a day one starter next to Tremaine Edmonds as a linebacker. I wouldn't be upset by that. But if you're torn, if Kadarius Tony's still on the board and you really like Kadarius Tony, and Gregory Rousseau is on the board, and he's he's a project, I'm sorry. I'm give me all the weapons you can. We're going to be talking about Travis Etienne, I'm sure, tomorrow, too, because tomorrow's Clemson's Pro Day. 
Where are you on that, by the way? We haven't talked about <laughs> Travis Etienne in a while. I'm warming, or Najee Harris. I'm warming up to it. You're it's, warming up to it because you were pretty warm to it a couple weeks ago. Maybe it's the Sabres. I want fun. It's, it is fun. It's, I don't <laughs> think it's the smartest idea. In fact, I would tell you it's not smart for the Bills to draft Travis Etienne at 30. But I do think it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's and you know a, what? That's what we're doing here at the end of the day, isn't it? Isn't it almost a curse to have a really good running back, though? It is. It's like I, you can't win listen, in that situation that, because you can't let him go, but you are going to hate the contract. You he, he is the second contract yeah. that's signed in a couple years. It would almost be a great experiment to see, like, could the Bills with this regime are they are they smart enough to know that hey we even though we invested a first rounder in this guy we're not changing what we are offensively they won't cave to the pressure of we've got to get this guy the football because that is the trap that most teams fall into it's they have him now we have to build around him we have to give him the ball I'm okay play with giving him else. the ball if he's uh, lining up as a receiver we got to pay him a monster extension after the rookie contract like there yeah. would be a lot of there's almost too many there's too many potential bad ideas that would scare me off the run heavy offense or even a more run heavy offense scares me off the idea of paying him a second contract scares me off. If you told me today that the Bills will draft Travis Etienne, they will not run the ball any more than they did last season. He'll play wide receiver some, also, by the way. And they will let him walk after his rookie contract. I would be in. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, that's a that seems like a perfect scenario. Maybe he many, takes 75% right. of the snaps as running back. Right, and I almost want to give the Bills enough credit to think maybe they would do that because they've evolved in many ways. Speed at wide receiver, pass-heavy offense, quarterback. You know, like the, the, the offensive scheme, the, all the pre-snap motion, the, the fourth down decision-making, they've evolved in so many ways. Right. I would want to give them some credit to think they might that they would be okay. That they would not cave to the pressure of drafting a running back. But I would still be scared off of it. So that's why today I would tell you I don't want them to draft one. But but if it yeah. happened that night, I think oh, a I part would, of you would be pretty stoked. Yeah, because the part, the part of me that would know it's a fun idea would be stoked about it. And yeah, you're right. In the moment, I would probably get swept up in it. Like I wouldn't crucify them for yeah. doing it. Um, and I also think for him, it, now, they are in the position. They're not... They are... A Super Bowl contender, let's make that very clear, their goal this season should be to win the Super Bowl. And I'm sort of of the opinion that if they don't win the Super Bowl, we should not be thrilled about it. Like, I'm not saying it would be a bad season if they they went to the AFC Championship and lost, or if they they went to the Super Bowl and lost. It wouldn't be a bad season. But, like, they're at the point, and they're in this window with Josh Allen, where, to me, it should be... Every season, the goal is to win the Super Bowl. It's no longer we're just along for the ride. Yeah. What What? What if they did make the Super Bowl and lost? Would you consider well, that a I successful mean, season? It's, a, it's, it's a hard game. to not. It's one it? game. It's not like, the, the you know, the Super well, Bowl is kind of, we've seen in the past that things have, it's a game. And it's to a that one point, game. To that point, the expectation is that this year, it's Super Bowl. And... The thing about running backs is that they come into the league in their primes. And part of the argument for doing it and investing in a running back that you think is a sure thing is if they're a sure thing, they are contributing right away. Bingo. 
Like, if this guy is good, he is starting and he is good right away. That is the quickest transition from position in college to position in the NFL. It's not, i got to wait three years for this tight end to develop. It's not, oh, i got to wait two years to see what A.J. Epinesa is. Not even quarterback for that. i got to have him learn the offense and uh, pro schemes. No, running backs come in, they hit the holes, they catch the football, they block. Boom, they're in. And I think we, we made this point about a month ago when we were talking about how do the Bills get to Kansas City to that level? How do the Bills improve what was already the best offense that they've really ever had? Mm-hmm. How do they improve that? How do they get closer to Kansas City's level? And the obvious answer is to improve the running back position. If you want to shrink the gap the most with the 30th pick in the draft, uh-huh. it's running back. Now, to me... That doesn't mean it's smart. Right. <laughs> but this season, if you want to shrink the gap the most, it's running back. ETN is a different story to me than Najee Harris, too, though. Because I am almost making an exception, in my own opinion, for the running back idea for them. Because I'm chasing, I would want to be chasing a certain skill set. And that is that after the catchability. The one play I continue to think about from that Bills-Chiefs game is Tyreek Hill. That 75-yard catch and run. I mean, it is just a, it's a small pass to Tyreek Hill, and you just watch him go. And the Bills don't have that guy. We have mentioned several names on tonight's show that is that guy. Curtis Samuel is that guy. Rondell Moore is that guy. And yes, actually, Travis Etienne is that guy. And he might not play the specific position I want, but he's bringing the skill set that the Bills sorely need, that they don't have. And even John Brown, being probably the fastest player in their entire offense, he was not that guy. He was not making guys miss. He's going to beat you straight ahead, and he's a good route runner, but he's not. you're not throwing screen passes to John Brown. Yeah, Diggs is fast enough, and it's not like his speed is a sure. detriment, but Same he's still him, not that guy. Right, like I, I want Tyreek Hill. I know I can't have Tyreek Hill, right. but I want to get that type a of A Tyreek Hill light. And if Travis Etienne plays running back, but he's giving me that ability that any given play he can score. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Because they don't have it. And that would be the number one thing I'm chasing. And I like Gabriel Davis too, but the reason I liked we started the show with the starting wide receiver conversation. The reason I like the Curtis Samuel idea, even if it is their biggest free agent acquisition, and I have to say I can't get a top pass rusher because I'm doing that, is I, I, Curtis Samuel gives you that. He might not give you the upside of these rookies because we haven't seen them yet in the NFL. I think we at least, I, I don't even know if I want to say that because we also haven't seen Curtis Samuel with a yeah, really good offense. We haven't seen him with a with a reasonably good quarterback. Like Cam Newton was shot at the end, right? Kyle Allen was ridiculous as He's a quarterback. He's also only 24 years old. Yes. That is crazy to me because I feel like he's been in the league for years. So the Samuel idea is very intriguing to me, even though, again, it would be your big free agent move in a position that you you already got. Don't, don't get me wrong. If they went out and signed Carl Lawson or a it's, proven, yeah. younger, productive pass rusher, I'm not going to be upset that they no longer can no. get Curtis Samuel because, yep. and here's the other, the flip side to what we were just saying about, about Samuel and about drafting a guy like ETN. You can get a guy 
like Rondell Moore. There are more guys like Rondell Moore and quick receivers and guys who have that uh, after-catchability that you could get at 30 than getting a pass rusher who will come in day one and be an instant producer. There's more, like Rondell, I, if I had to bet on it, if you put Gregory Rousseau, the defensive end out of uh, Miami, and Rondell Moore, those are the two guys that you have it narrowed down to at 30. Mm-hmm. Rondell Moore is going to help you more this season. That's who I'd put my money on. So if you want to go that route and you're all about winning this year, which that should be the goal, we all know that's the goal, winning it all this year, to get you closer to Kansas City, you to me, you would sign a guy like Carl Lawson and draft a guy like Rondell Moore. Yep. 803-0550 is the phone number. A little hockey when we come back. Bruce Boudreaux, what did he say on Sportsnet 590, the fan, today? We don't quite know. I think I have a good idea, but we'll get into that when we come back. We'll play the audio for you after this on the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney here on WGR. From your point of view, like what interests Bruce Boudreaux right now in the NHL? I say all the Buffalo game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... We're going to call him back. We're going to give you a call back, Gabby. We'll uh, get him on a different line there. All right, that is Bruce Boudreaux. The other voice you hear is Jeff Merrick on the Fan 590. That's not the first time you've heard that, is it? It's not the first time. Okay. I think everyone is starting to come around, or, like, we don't know for sure because we miss, I think, the beginning of that. Like, there's a word or two we maybe miss, or the beginning of a word that we miss. But I think everyone has kind of come to the conclusion that we think that what he's saying is... I would say all the Buffalo games. We think he's saying he is watching all the Buffalo games, not poking fun at the Sabres that anything but the Buffalo games. I thought that maybe what is what he was saying the first time I heard it. And perhaps there's an inclination that there might be an opening soon, maybe. That is where I'm at now. Is he Right, that's why he's saying it. And that's why he's chuckling after. It's, well, I'm watching all the Buffalo games because, ha, 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 they're going to fire their coach, and I want to coach. So, of course, I'm watching them. Like, that's, that's I think, what I, I get out of it. Um, and I like that. I'm so on board. Because I, I don't want to say I was worried about this, but others had talked about it, and it was in the back of my mind. The idea that, well, one reason maybe they haven't fired Kruger is they can't find anybody to take the job. It's an NHL coaching job. People take the job. With, with talented players. Someone took the Houston Texans' job. Someone's <laughs> going to take the Sabres' job. Well, I mean, that was a quarterback's coach, though. I don't want some. Yes, I don't want some just power anyone play assistant in the yeah. press box from the the Wild. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Wild. They're they're my go-to on that. I forgot that I like them now. Yeah. Um, so I like that Boudreaux would like it. You also had or would like the job. Josh Reed from WIVB. Interesting tweet from him a couple of hours ago. He said, "I can confidently say that Bruce Boudreaux wants to coach again, and that the Sabers would be very high in his list." He's always looked at the franchise with reverence. He grew up across the border, just bought a house in Hershey, Pennsylvania. He's now the owner of a junior team there. The Hershey Cubs, by the way, of the NASHL, NAPHL, one of those uh, junior leagues. Um, But I do believe, I I don't know where he's living, because that could maybe affect things coming across the border. Um, But, I mean, that's still my favorite idea. It's, It's not just 
the record and the resume. Right. Like, that's a part of it for Style. sure. Yeah, he has eight first-place teams. He has won eight division titles. The Sabres have not won eight division titles, ever. Also, Joe, like, is it too much to ask just to watch a fun product? That's, we're back to fun. Rondell, or not Rondell, Travis Etienne is fun. That's all I wanted at the beginning of right. the Sabres season. That's all I asked for. Just be entertaining. And Bruce Boudreau is couldn't that. Not, they could not do that. And Boudreaux is that, for sure. Exactly. And that's why I'm all I'm all for it. Um, now, there's also, did you see Jeremy tweeting? Yes. Jeremy White from here at the station. Just a rumor, but he was tweeting about uh, the potential for uh, a college coach maybe being the guy the Sabres have their eye on. He said further east than Wisconsin, because there were some people guessing. He said further east than Wisconsin. I was looking. I, I couldn't find a guy that fit too much. Further east than Wisconsin. That's half the country. I know. Ted Donato is the coach of Harvard, for instance. Um, he's the father of Ryan Donato in the NHL, by the way. Like, Michigan's got a guy, maybe. Um Boston University's guy is kind of newer. I I don't know if he has a connection to Jack Eichel. That that was my first thought is, is there a college coach somewhere in the Boston area, maybe Providence? Nate Lehman maybe actually makes the most sense because he's been brought up as potentially I, – I, last summer I saw an article, I think it was TSN, maybe Pierre Lebrun, that he's like the next college coach to get an NHL coaching crack or to get a, a crack at it. So that's Providence – I, again, I don't know who Eichel knows. That I might be a guy he has a connection to, though. I can't believe I'm saying this. But he coached I really, Jacob Bryson. That's what I was thinking. He coached Jacob Bryson in college. Go ahead. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really don't... I'm not in the mood for the Sabres to get a first-time coach. I want someone that brings an element of credibility to the organization. Someone who's been there, done that, can point to a tangible record and tangible success of what they've done in this league and say, I was a major reason for that happening, and then bring that style here. Ralph Kruger has coached in the NHL before, but he's never actually had success. Right. Uh, Phil Housley's first-time head coach. You know, Bilesma was a, a retread head coach. But honestly, the Sabres were the best under Bilesma than, than they've been. They were. And Bilesma, by the way, also didn't have the longevity that Boudreaux did. Correct. Bilesma had like a five-year stint in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, Boudreaux's done this for 15 to 20 years. Um, there's no playoff success like there was under Bilesma. But, I mean, we're not going to pass on a guy because he doesn't win in the playoffs for this team right now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I side with you on that. Like, I like the idea of the proven commodity head coach that gives you more respect and I think will help you out with getting players' attention, uh, not just not just in the locker room, but even acquiring guys for either via trade or in the offseason and free agency. I think that can help you in a multitude of ways, getting them to listen to you in the first place, maybe. But the only argument I could see for the college guy, again, it would have to come with maybe some connection to Jack Eichel. Like, is that hire to make Jack Eichel happy? That that would be my my thinking. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw Jeremy floating out like a college idea. I'm not saying it's a that makes it that makes it a good reason to do it, but I'm saying I wonder if that would be a reason they do it. If they they don't want Eichel to leave and they know he's who who's his number one guy. Like would they hire that guy? I don't know. I hope not. 
I don't. You never know. Nate Lehman could be a good head coach in the NHL. Oh, I'm not saying, but, but that should not be your reasoning. No, right. Things okay, can right. have yes. good results can come out of poorly based decisions. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you should make them. Yeah. Maybe Jack Easterby is going to turn the Texans around. Is that even his first name? Easterby. It's Nick Easterby. It's Jack no, Easterby. It's Nick, Nick, Casario. Nick Casario, Jack Easterby. Um, by the way, speaking of the Sabres, there has been news in the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, the Sabres have released outlining for ticketing and COVID testing, getting ready for the first game with fans on March 20th against the Bruins. If you want more details on that, you can check out Paul Hamilton's story at WGR550.com and the radio.com app. That is going to do it for me and Brendan on tonight's show. Sabres and Penguins tomorrow at 7, so we will rejoin you on Friday here on the Nightcap on WGR. WGR.